The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, Lord. Jesus told his disciples this parable. A man going on a journey called in his servants and entrusted his possessions to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to a third one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. Immediately the one who received five talents went and traded with them and made another five. Likewise, the one who received two made another two. But the man who received one went off and dug a hole in the ground and buried his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants came back and settled accounts with them. The one who had received five talents came forward, bringing the additional five. He said, Master, you gave me five talents. See, I have made five more. His master said to him, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Since you were faithful in small matters, I will give you great responsibilities. Come, share your master's joy. Then the one who had received two talents also came forward and said, Master, you gave me two talents. See, I have made two more. His master said to him, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Since you were faithful in small matters, I will give you great responsibilities. Come, share your master's joy. Then the one who had received the one talent came forward and said, Master, I knew you were a demanding person, harvesting what you did not plant and gathering what you did not scatter. So out of fear I went off and buried your talent in the ground. Here it is, back. His master said to him in reply, You wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I did not plant and gather where I did not scatter. Should you not then have put my money in the bank so that I could have got it back with interest on my return? Now then, take the talent from him and give it to the one with ten. For to everyone who has, more will be given, and he will grow rich. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And throw this useless servant into the darkness outside, where there will be wailing and grinding of teeth. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Thanksgiving, as we all well know, is only four days away. We can almost smell the turkey already cooking in the oven and filling the house with that beautiful aroma and getting people ready. It's a beautiful thing, this uh, Thanksgiving feast, and it's now only just four days away. You know, everybody wants to have a perfect Thanksgiving celebration, a perfect Thanksgiving dinner, and, and we all know that we can make that happen if we just go to um, PBS and watch enough of Martha Stewart. She will uh, teach us exactly how it is we should set the table so that it is inviting and welcoming with the silverware just so and the crystal beautifully polished and, and of course get that glue gun out and make the beautiful centerpiece that will just proclaim welcome to our table. Even more, the domestic diva will show us how to cook that turkey so that it is nice, crisp, and brown on the outside and tender and juicy, even the breast meat on the inside. It'll be lovely. She'll show us how to use just enough sage in the dressing to make it perfect, and that pumpkin pie, she will advise us, must never, ever be accompanied by ice cream. Nothing so pedestrian as that, even worse, cool whip, real whipped cream whipped in your own hand. That's the way to do it. And with all of that, of course, we know that we will have the perfect dinner and that after the dinner is over, the sign of our success that we've indeed made the perfect Thanksgiving feast is some of the people will be taking a nap in front of the fireplace and others will take a walk to shake it all down and hopefully nobody will be so terrible as to run off to Walmart for the doorbuster sale. <laughs> all perfect Thanksgiving dinner. We know, of course, that um, we can have a perfect Thanksgiving feast, but that it's very easy for us to miss the most important part of the whole thing. That is, the Thanksgiving part of it. We can get so busy with the turkey and the dressing and the pumpkin pie, with getting the yard ready and getting the house ready and and all of the stuff that goes into making this day seemingly perfect, that it's very easy to find ourselves at the end of the day without ever having actually given thanks. And so this morning's little parable is actually very apropos and comes at a good time because it reminds us and in a sense even instructs us on what it is, what is necessary to make Thanksgiving actually a time of giving thanks. So let's take a little run through that parable. It begins with a master who presumably is very wealthy because he can go on a long trip. In those days that meant someplace like Rome or Greece or Athens or something like that. So he's got lots of money and he's going to be gone for a very long time, presumably. And what he does then, this wealthy master, is that he gives his property over to three of his servants, to his workers. Now, just imagine if you're a servant, a minion, someone who has never really had anything in your life. You've always worked for someone else. Suddenly, <laughs> this estate is entrusted into your hands. The money... The gold, the jewels, the whatever it is, the land, the vineyards, it's all in your hands. You get a big share of it yourself. And this is a huge gift. 
It's a huge, unexpected Thanksgiving Christmas bonus for these people. To have that given to them is just a wonder and a blessing and an extraordinary opportunity for them. Wow, this is completely unexpected. Our boss should go on vacation more often. So that's the first thing about the story. The second thing is perhaps even more important. The second thing about this story is that these gifts are given not forever, but kind of with a limited lease. You have them until I get back, until I return. They're all yours. Do what you want with them. But eventually, someday, I'm coming back and I'll want my stuff back. Limited lease on these gifts. And then the third part of the story is really even more important still. There is a catch to the gifts. While these servants have possession of all of these talents, all of these gifts, all of these riches, there is an expectation on the part of the master that they are going to do something with them. That they're going to use them. That they're going to multiply them. That they're going to share them in such a way that, that they multiply themselves and he's going to come back to something even better than he left. That attached string, of course, is very, very important for what happens when the master finally returns. And we know that part of the story well. But what does all this have to do with thanksgiving? Or at least the giving of thanks. Point one. The master gives his stuff, his riches, his wealth, his blessings to the three servants for free. With no strings attached, mostly. This master, of course, is representing in the parable our God. And this is an important reminder to us. That everything we have and everything we are is a gift to us from God. A huge bonus. None of us created ourselves. None of us created the world we stand on. None of us created the brains in our head. None of us created our hearts. None of us poured our spirit, our breath into ourselves. None of us even created our own families. It's all given to us by our creating God. And that's the first and most important thing about giving thanks. It's only when we understand that this is a bonus, this is a gift that's been given to us, poured into our hands, into our lives, that's actually even made us exist. This is all a blessing, all a gift. We didn't earn it, we didn't make it, we didn't create it ourselves. That's foundational and fundamental. And when we are aware of that, when that dawns on us, when it suddenly becomes eminently clear how blessed we are by our Master, how can we not then give thanks? Because it's all one magnificent gift. 
But there's a catch. There's a limited lease on these gifts which we've been given. Our talents, our friendships, our families, our life, our intelligence. We're all going to die. Sooner or later, we will meet again our maker. Our master will return. And when that happens, you know, we have to give it all back. It was not ours to begin with, really. It was on loan. And when we realize that, when we realize that everything we have and everything we are is something that we need and must finally in the end return into the Lord's hands, then that too makes us very serious and allows us to be very, very concentrated and focused on the fact that this is something that is not really ours completely. It's a gift that eventually we must return. And finally, and perhaps most important of all, this little parable reminds us that while we have these gifts, while these blessings are in our hands, while we are in possession of everything that has been given to us, our life, our love, our sense of justice, our commitment to others, our care for our family, their care for us, our intelligence, our talents, our skills, our money, our homes, our earth under our feet, that it is our responsibility to leverage these gifts, to apply the principle of compounding interest to all that has been given to us, so that when we give them back, we give them back to God better than we received them, having shared them, and in the sharing, having multiplied them. And we know especially, especially with the gifts of life and love, that when we give them away, they come back to us. Fivefold, tenfold, fiftyfold. And, and that's what the Master asks of us. These gifts that are been placed in our hands are not just for us, they are to be shared and multiplied and used to make this earth much more the kingdom of God that God has planned this earth to be. So there we have it. This little parable teaches us in a sense how to give thanks by remembering by remembering that everything is a gift to begin with. That we are not autonomous. That we didn't create ourselves. We didn't bless ourselves. We didn't give life to ourselves. We didn't invent love ourselves. It's all a beautiful gift. And while we are in possession of this gift, we are to use them and bless them and give them away. And when we finally come to the end and the master returns, that is when we will discover 
that in the ultimate giving away of these gifts, we find the joy and the grace of the Master's joy. And the great feast of thanksgiving that we celebrate in just a few days echoes the even greater feast of the kingdom of God into which we will be invited. So if you want to make your thanksgiving four or five days hence, perfect thanksgiving, you don't need a domestic diva, Martha Stewart or anyone else to show you how to cook the turkey or how to make the perfect centerpiece or how to polish your silver. The only thing we really need is the attitude of heart that is described to us in this parable. All is gift, all is grace, all is blessing from our Master. And in the short time on the face of this earth that we have, to leverage and make beautiful and share these gifts, we must do that. So that when the time comes for us to finally meet our Maker, meet our Master, when He returns to us, we will be ready. We will be ready to turn over these beautiful gifts, multiplied and blessed many times over. And to say finally to that Master, thank you. <laughs>